Last time on Dice Funk. I'm going to spend my conduit of conspiracy to get us top-of-the-line, top-notch, radiation-proof spacesuits. So I could repair things if the damage is less than a foot large. So I could repair, like, the clothing and stuff like that. So I can't fix the giant hole in the ship, but I could potentially fix, like, the small stuff that might still give us clues as to who was on the ship. Now that we know that there is an alien in their party, I can I can hopefully get advantage on my survival checks to try and track them. No, that was not me. Please leave. It is not safe here. Uh, it sounds like we're we're in some dire straits. So I'm going to use Sacred Flame, which I'm kind of reflavoring to be uh, a tactical beam that Steve Day fires out. That no way undercuts the entire concept of your character. <laughs> it's a it's a stupid uh, brain thing. It was going to eat us all anyway. This is a research facility for finding a solution to the Illithid's nutrition problem. Ah, so you're trying to find something other than brains that they can feast upon. I mean, it's not a stretch to assume he's an Illithid, right? Like, there was Illithid Braille on the way in, and he's talking to us in our mind, so... Yeah, so we can be friends now, because you're not going to eat any of our brains if we save you from the specimens, right? Deal! I mean, we're going to go down the Markov one. Well, we already see boring human shit. Let's go see Koalian shit. You're the captain. You go. Yeah, right? which, which way did we want to go? Markov. 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 Right. Markov it is. Alright, so who's horny for Bowser? Uh, I, I, I am horny for, for Bowser, but not like the, the svelte one. I am horny for like the big, burly, muscular Bowser sort of sized Bowser. That's the one I'm on about. The one the one that probably plays roller derby, yeah. Yeah, no, the the, the Bowser that plays roller derby and could like crush me with her foot and that's kinda hot. That's the one I'm into. Mm-hmm. There's so much porn on my timeline now. It's like so bad. Welcome to my timeline every day of the week. <laughs> I love how all the normies on the internet needed some lore excuse to rule sixty-three characters like <laughs> motherfuckers ain't been doing that since the internet was invented. Oh uh, yeah, no. I it, I, I'm pretty sure that like 90% of the Bowser fan art that exists is just Rule 63 Bowser fan art that people put a crown on. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, oh, now there's uh, in-universe lore. That makes my boner okay. Yeah. <laughs> that is what I say, though. <laughs> I was like, no, listen, baby, you have to understand. There's a lore explanation for this. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that sets the mood. What are we talking about? We're doing Dungeons and Dragons again. Oh no! Yeah, it's that thing. What we do? <laughs> oh no! Oh no! I'm scared. Are we, are we introducing ourselves again, or or have we have we escaped that part of the the podcast life cycle? I don't know. I mean, I am Austin Yorski, the dungeon master. So there's that. Yeah, I'm Laura Dale. I play the drunken space hippo that gets drunk, who's called Captain Liam Moira Malbec. I had to remember my own character name. I'm uh, Lauren Morgan, that's me, and I play a small spooky owl. 
And I'm Conrad Zimmerman, and I play a very large, uh, what am I? Ogre. <laughs> ogre, that's it. Yeah, one of those fantasy races. No, I'm, a, I'm an ogre paladin. You're a big, big, uh, big boy. Very big, big, big boy. Very large boy. I love <laughs> We can't even introduce characters without forgetting races or just not saying the name. Lauren's like, I'm playing a spooky owl. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> They'll figure it out. Will they, though? Who is it? Who is she? What's her at? Her name is Sasha. Uh-huh. Sasha Greer. Sasha Greer. Yes. We've we've also got Chris who plays uh plays the other one, the fish one. See, this is why the introduction's important, because you don't know the names yet. How are you supposed to get emotionally invested if you don't know their names? I know their names. <laughs> Dr. Adler. It's Dr. Adler. I know what's up. Uh Chris will be joining us shortly, hopefully. If you hear a voice that's not the voices you've already heard, that's Dr. Olivia Adler. She's a scientist fish doctor lady. Uh, so last we left this adventure, you guys had descended to the planet Fairmont. You found a dragonfly, which is a spaceship that was abandoned by what appears to be an adventuring party. You found two sets of human clothes, elf clothes, and alien clothes in it uh, after you blew a hole in it. Then you found an underground laboratory, uh, which is apparently run by a disembodied voice called Objectivus. Uh, that's a thing that happened. And then you guys delved deeper in, you fought some intellect devourers, which had killed the two humans in the crew. And you found the elf of the crew, which had been bisected. Uh, that's, that's where we left it. There was a, there was a room with two hallways, one read soul specimens as in the solar system soul and the other read Markov specimens. And you guys took the latter. Also, like, just to clarify, we've seen... We've seen the dead bodies of three of the four people from that ship, right? Correct. Okay, so if this is a rescue mission, we gotta hope that we get there in time, because there's only one person left to maybe save. Yeah, and you guys did prioritize this, so this is, you know, the best possible scenario. Who knows how bad it would have gotten if you had gone here second. Yeah, this is giving me a good impression of like, oh, this is what you mean by prioritize, is one person left alive even if you prioritize. I know this is a very spooky first mission, but I gave you a choice between uh, unidentified alien signal on a hell planet or animal kingdom. <laughs> we did choose the hell planet. Yeah, I, I think we so. chose the more dire situation from the, the, yeah. the sounds of it, I think. Well, of course it's a hell planet. Every situation's going to be more dire. Yeah. So what's down the Markov <laughs> hallway, huh? All right, so you guys find yourself in a corridor uh, past a kind of heavier door, which has, you know, bloody handprints on it. There's gore on the ceiling, on the walls, on the floor, dismembered alien parts everywhere. It is a proper horror show in this hallway. As Objective has told you, the specimens got out and started running wild. Um, you guys in this corridor see three doors. Um, they have the Braille markings. The... Uh, the language is that when it's written is actually called Quaileth, if you're curious, but it is uh, deep speech written in a way that can be read by uh, tentacles. Uh, that's what the Illithid do, although Captain Melbeck speaks deep speech. So she took the elective. It was she had a gap year and, you know. Well, it was all about, you know, that one time I came to this planet before because I heard there were tentacle face things to smooch. I, you know, mm-hmm. I wanted to be able to communicate in order to go can I smooch you and to know if I had consent? That was wild because it's not like I told you beforehand that there was going to be any illithid business. You just joked, (laughs) oh, I came here to smooch something with tentacles. And it was like, oh shit, she's right. (laughs) I I lucked out, but yeah, no, that's that's my canon for why she knows deep speech. She was hoping to smooch tentacle face things. 
Um, so in addition to the the bodies and the what's left of bodies in this corridor, uh, you see these three doors with the Quaalith signs, and they read la- small laboratory, medium laboratory, and large laboratory. Mm. Uh, I can't remember if we worked out, like, do we just think at Objectivus to communicate with, with them? Yes, apparently. It can just communicate directly with your mind with its mind words. Well, that's not horrifying. <laughs> okay, so uh, I just want to think at Objectivus. Um, um, so, so, uh, tent- Tentacle Face Boy, um, there's, we, we came here. We came here to save, uh, well, our intention was to save four people. Uh, three of them are currently dead. There's one left alive. I don't know how much you're aware of of this whole facility. Can you tell us, like, where we should be going to save that one person that's still alive because if they die we've kind of come down here for bugger all I cannot see I can only sense thoughts there are many cacophonous thoughts in that corridor can you not just like think at the the, the sentient creature that's still down here and go hey think at me where you are there is intelligent life in the small and medium laboratories the large laboratory is only a home to the monsters. Ha. Huh. <laughs> I could do a detect magic if y'all think it might be helpful. It was last time, kind of. Chris is here. Hi, Chris. Yay. So, the, uh, Chris, update. There are three doors down the end of the Markov hallway. Small, medium, and large. Small and medium have intelligent life behind them. Large just has the monsters. Let's go down large. I want to kill something. Out of character. <laughs> I was going to detect magic. Yeah, do you detect mash- uh, magic? I do. <laughs> All right. Um. So, Sasha, you use detect magic, and you detect there is magic coming from the small laboratory. Not much. In fact, very, very little. But you see a couple of uh, motes of magic flickering uh, basically through the door. The detect magic works through, like, a, I don't remember the exact. It's like a couple of inches of wall. Okay. So, I'm just going to talk you through my thinking very quickly. Um, going a little bit metagamey here. Small seems like it would be easiest, so it's probably not easiest. Large has monsters behind it. My gut says middle. Middle seems like... Hedge your bets. Go safe. I find this, the magic in the small room tantalizing. Please do not be tantalized in the laboratory. <laughs> I'll be tantalized anywhere. I want to be tantalized. What does what does our what does our head punch head head puncher offer think? You're the captain. You decide. Damn. Right. We have we have three different votes and one person making no uh, objective decision. Uh, the only thing we have any additional information about is the small room. It's got magic. I'm gonna say small room first. Yay. I think this is an unwise decision, but I love unwise decisions. <laughs> it's right. gonna be terrible. Captain Melvac opens the door to the small laboratory. And the first thing you discover is that small does not refer to the size of the room. It refers to the size of the specimens. Hmm. Um, all of the rooms are are actually pretty large. Um, this entire underground facility is basically just these two wings and the entrance area and some security stuff. Uh, so you enter the small laboratory and what you see are some smallish creatures i'm going to put pictures of them in the rule 20 where they go i just lost them there they are you see there are two of these small creatures in the middle of the room ah little what what are what are those 
There are two humanoid creatures about knee height. Um, they are greenish, bluish, grayish. Uh, they look explicitly like mold, like the kind of mold that grows on, say, like bread. And it's like fluffy and pi- pillowy, and it makes up these uh, humanoid bodies of creatures that come to about knee height. And there are two of them, and they appear to be fighting over something and also gibbering at each other. They're they're actually they have some kind of language none of you speak, and it's like. And they're just doing that at each other and pulling on something between them. My first bit of advice to everyone, don't breathe in too deeply around these things. I've got a bad feeling about breathing this lot in. Uh, roll perception to see what the fuck they have. You should. I rolled a seven, which is not great. Uh, 14. Three, which is about right. <laughs> Do you want to do you want to chip in, uh, Doctor? Eighteen. Uh, so you see what they are holding. I'm going to put a picture of it on the roll twenty as well. It is a second kind of alien. Um, so it is about a football sized. It looks like a cell. I assume you guys all took biology and you've seen the diagrams with like the uh the ribosomes and the mitochondria. The mitochondria is the powerhouse it's of the, the cell. The powerhouse of the cell. Yeah. yeah, it really is. You guys see Golgi one- apparatus. Gold, yeah, exactly. Um, but it's way bigger than that. Obviously, cells are usually like microscopic with a very few um, exceptions. This one is like the size of like a big cat <laughs> or, you know, a, a football or something. And these two uh, creatures are fighting over it. And it has wiggling flagella and like little cilia on its body. And it has the semi-translucent uh, skin. But it, this thing that they're fighting over is wiggling frantically, and it also seems to be the source of the magic. Okay. Our mission is to retrieve the uh, the one person left from that ship. They don't appear to be in this room. This thing seems like it's of value because it's being fought over. But is there maybe value in us just turning around and try, like, closing the door and trying a different room? <laughs> that is a good question, except all the four of you know what the prokaryotic cell-looking alien is. What is it? Uh, it is an alien called a solitaire. Like the card game? Yeah, spelled like the card game, yes. Um, do we do we know anything about this, or do we have to do a search to see what we know about it? Because you guys are all posted to the Markov system... You 100% know this. It's the most important thing to know in Markov. Um, if you guys would check uh, the Patreon or in the Discord, I've posted the most recent version of the information for the planets and has some information about them. Uh, the solitaire are the dominant species of the Markov system. Oh, okay. The way that humans are for soul. Okay, so this is like, this isn't just uh, a big old, big old cell. This is a piece of this is a sentient a sapient life form yes could this even be our objective my suspicion was no because our the the uh the alien from that crew was leaving big scratchy drag marks across the metal surface Mm -hmm. which to me suggested it was something bigger in character you know this out of character i'm telling you now uh the pieces fall into place because uh although solitaire are big fragile cell looking things in their natural habitat um, their culture revolves around them building uh, shells for themselves, essentially um, oh. large, uh, often humanoid, not necessarily, but very much like a hermit crab. Um, they kind of create bodies for themselves to protect themselves and they drive those around. 
Okay, so that's what all the big the big drag marks on the metal surface probably were then. That is 100% what you think. And you yeah. notice that this one does not have its shell. You do not see it in the room. And that is cause for concern. That is like a human being naked. It's very bad for them. They hate it. Okay. I'm going to try to intimidate them. I'm going to yell, put that solitaire down. And then I'm going to regurgitate bones. <laughs> Owls do that. Uh, okay, roll intimidation. I did. I got a 17. All right, 17 is pretty good. These things, which you did not roll to find out. Does anybody want to know what these things are? Uh, yeah, what would I have to search to find out what these are? Nature. 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 What's, what's my nature? Oh, mm, my, uh, that's a negative, but I'll try it. No, not touching that one. Thank you. Actually, my intimidation is a plus four and I rolled it with a plus two. So it's a 19. Nice. Uh, sorry, uh, it, that shouldn't have been a plus one. It was a minus one. Uh, I got a crit minus one. So 19. All right, so the captain crits on the nature check. Captain, you know that these two little creatures that are fighting over the solitaire um, are called, the the official D&D term is vegapygmy, but um, because pygmy can be used as a derogatory term against humans, it's a scientific term that just means small, like there's pygmy hippos and pygmy shrews and stuff, but uh, it can be a kind of derisive term, so I'm going to use the alternate name for them, which is either mold folk, uh, they're folk made out of mold, or just moldies. I like, oh my I God. like both those names. That's so cute. They're all in the book. So yeah, these are these are creatures literally just made out of mold. Um, and they are they're simple. They have intelligence. They can think and they are hunter gatherers. They're they're not super dangerous, although they can defend themselves. Um, and they are from the same planet the Solitaire are, which if you've seen the map, is a planet in Markov called Gloria. Which is the only um, normal, it's the only planet in the circumstellar habitable zone of Markov, which is where Earth is in Seoul. Um, we can explain about like the Goldilocks zone if you guys want to talk about astronomy or we can just take it on faith. <laughs> it's up to you. Basically the bit where p- things can live comfortably okay. Yeah, right now you guys know Fermat is not supposed to be inhabited. Uh, none of the moons of Pell or Pell is inhabited except for Pell 3. Um, Hypatia used to be uninhabited, then it was turned into a nature preserve. And then the only other planet in Markov is Gloria, which is abundant with life, even more than Earth. It's buck wild. Uh, do I know from that 19 nature check whether, like, we need to actively go out of our way to not accidentally breathe in, like, the remains of these mold people? You crit, so I'll tell you everything. You don't have to worry about that. There's a specific kind of mold called uh, russet mold, which they use to reproduce, which they infect people with, and then you you rot <laughs> and you become a moldy. It's it's not a great process, but yeah, they don't appear to have any. So it's not a case of like if I shoot this thing with a shotgun, I then have to hold my breath the rest of the fight. No, there there are if there are situations in which they could be dangerous, and that could be a factor. These two just seem to have been. Uh, you know, kidnapped by this facility to do experiments on, so they seem pretty harmless. They're out of their cages, but they're harmless right now. Okay. Uh, was there any result of um, that intimidation roll that was done? Yeah, you got a 19, Sasha. So they uh, see you, they see there's four of you, they see you're armed, and they put the solitaire down and step away. Yeah. Like my spooky bone vomit. Can I use a mage hand to pick up the solitaire? Yeah, you absolutely can. You scoop up this guy, and he begins like wiggling appreciatively. And it, once he gets close enough, uh, the, a almost imperceptible electrical current runs out, and 
tags you, Dr. Adler, and you hear a voice say, thanks. No worries. What's, uh, what's up with you? Captured. Where's your shell? Stolen. Any idea where that, uh, that may be? Monster. All right. Ah. Oh, we're going to get to go in the big monster room. <laughs> Why don't we go uh, get it back for you then? Thanks. This seems like unnecessary conflict. We have what we came for. Oh, yeah, no, I. Sorry, completely wrong season character voice there for a second. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, totally agree with you. I think I think we get out of here. We lock this door. Also, I'm voting a big, strong guy here is probably the safest person to look after our new friend until they can get their shell back. What do you say? Drake holds out a hand if <laughs> they want to put him with me. Cradle, gently. Aww. <laughs> You can do a gentle cradle, can't you, dear? Tuck him in near my abdomen. Gentle and... cradle on one side, big punch on the other side. Put him in your pocket. Put him in the baby Bjorn. <laughs> so Drake starts carrying the solitaire, and at which point uh, you guys are discussing maybe just running out of here, and the voice of the objectivist chimes in and says, Please do not leave. I require the specimens to be resecured. It's not safe. Can we just intimidate them back in the box? Wasn't he just telling us to leave? Well, now that you're here, I didn't want more people. <laughs> Drag's walking out towards the exit. Okay, so you walk out of the small laboratory. Are you going back to where you came in? Yep, heading just walking back to the entrance. And if no one's going to stop me. Drag, please, no. Mm. We need your bigness. <laughs> For what? Do we know where the objectivist is at this point? No, you don't. And in fact, at this point, the uh, the solitaire chimes in and says, Please, stop! Mm. Illithid! Stop, Illithid. Illithid, developing food. No stopping. Illithids, with food. So is objectivist still cool, or is he bad? <laughs> I mean, objectivist says... We had a deal. You, I don't eat your brains, and you help me secure the specimens. I do not remember this deal. No, no, we definitely made that deal. Mm-hmm, you did, because you guys botched your insight roll, and he, he made you agree to that deal. Yeah, but because we agreed to it doesn't mean we have to do it. <laughs> That's 100% true. Drake stops, turns around, goes back, and goes to the large door. We made deal. Shell. Shell. Yeah, let's let's lock these things back in the room for now and go go try and get the shell. Alright, so you guys just push the moldies into their back into their cages. Yeah, just push them back in the cage and go for the uh, for the for the big room. Objectivist, what purpose do the moldies serve in this pro this this experiment? It is very complicated. We're trying to hybridize Earth leeches with Markov life that grows autonomously. Interesting. Leeches have 32 brains. If we could make them big... I can certainly see the appeal. Right. Uh, we go indoor. 
Now, Dreg, you've been waiting to uh, you've been waiting to beat some things up. Time for the big door. All right, so you just kick in the big door. Yeah, we kick we kick in the big door. All right, so you kick open the door to the big laboratory, and you see the thing which tore the elf in half and which slaughtered everything in the corridors. Um, do you? Anybody want to describe what you're seeing in the roll twenty? It's a little man. He has a sword. He seems to be in a suit of armor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, blonde hair, brown boots. Um, Do you want to describe the thing that's eating that man? Uh, the background's white. It's got kind of a zigzag, kind of Charlie Brown oh, shirtless beige stripe. Is that a weird tentacle frog? It's it's got kind of like frog legs, but also like a big giant green potato body, and like three little eyes on a stalk on the top of its head, and like a weird snake, like a cobra snake tongue. And a bunch of oh, that looks prehensile. <laughs> that tail, that tongue looks prehensile too. Oh yeah, yeah, no, and just a bunch of cool tentacles. Actually, it's kind of cute. No, I don't think he's eating him. I think he's trying to tickle his feet. <laughs> I, with the I, I like to think that this is what um, Dr. Melbeck came to this planet originally trying to kiss. <laughs> yeah, they're just playing. That's this yeah. is this is fine. Is it a cryptid? <laughs> well, what's your definition of cryptid? I was waiting for someone to ask you, but I guess I'll be the one. What do you think a cryptid is, Sasha slash Lauren? Well, Lauren knows what cryptids is. Cryptids is. Woo, cryptids are. Uh, Sasha is just like any weird mythical creature that's like not official, I guess. Like scientifically recognized. What's real nature? Yeah, a thing that's like it, it, people aren't certain if it's a real thing. Mm, Eleven. Uh, I will roll to help. What is my nature? Oh yeah, it's minus one, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I am not helping. <laughs> uh, that's another eleven. All right, weird. Uh, we got three elevens. That's a band, lol. Down, down. Uh, so this creature is called a frog hemoth. Um, because oh, right. Because Gary Gygax was not the most imaginative person. <laughs> Got him. Um, so this creature does have a passing resemblance to a frog in that it's green and it has this kind of um, complexion that frogs do. And it has kind of webbed feet. But it stands upright on two massive feet. And then it does have kind of a potato body upward. And it has a stalk, one stalk with three eyes. And then it has four whip-like appendages, kind of like tentacles. No suckers, but more, more like grasping whips. And then it does have a very long tongue, which has a kind of like, I believe Conrad said, a prehensile kind of grabbing uh, bristly end, which uh, could be used for tickling or what it seems to be doing, which is eating all of the other specimens in here. And if you thought the hallway was gory, this room is on another level. This dude has been running roughshod through this complex. I mean, he tore the elf in half with two tentacles. He's been eating all of the people who worked here. You see there are actually illithid bodies in here of like whatever scientists were working. There's the squid-headed people who have just been torn in half and chewed up. And this thing, which is like the size of like a van, it's like upright, but it's very big and ha has like full bodies in each of its tentacles. And it's just kind of munching on them as you guys enter the room. Can we see the shell anywhere? Uh, yeah, roll perception. Uh, mm, three. Nine. Six. Eleven. Oh, no, you guys fail. So you do not see it in here. Although you have every reason to believe it is in here because 
the solitaire tells you this is the creature that took took it. He thought he was so the a, a giant whip like tentacle grabbed the shell and dragged it away to eat it, and the solitaire escaped through a hatch in his shell, like a hermit crab abandoning its home. And he squiggled away, and he was caught by the moldies. So that's how that works. Do we know if this thing is capable of intelligent thought or communication? Um, you guys all got 11s on that check. So you assume it has some very limited understanding of knowledge the way a dog does. So like a dog can recognize like rudimentary commands if it was trained to do so. Okay. But, but it doesn't have a language it, all its own. It's not capable of like language and like complex thought. Okay. No, not as far as you can tell. I don't know about the rest of you, but I think we fight this thing. This thing seems like a good old, good old fashioned fight. Let's roll initiative. Um, I mean, where's the K? Like, where's its container? Um, so it had a very large, obviously, um, kind of space in the floor, which when the containment units are turned on, there's kind of like an electric fence that pops up all around it, but it's off. So. So we need to get it in the floor and underneath the, or turn on the thing to actually put it away. Correct. Can I start by casting a spell? You can do whatever you want. I would like to cast uh, the spell blindness slash deafness, and I'm going to choose to try to blind the frog hemoth. Mm -hmm. So he needs to make a constitution saving throw. Three. 13 is what you needed to beat. So for the duration, <laughs> the frog hemoth is blinded. How long is the duration? It's a minute, but I think you make checks every six seconds. Yeah. Uh, at the end of each of its turns, it can try to make the saving throw again. But yeah, it'll be blinded for a minute. But we can use this as an opportunity to like bull rush it into that pit and then get the fence on. Yeah, so how about instead of rolling initiative and just doing straight-up combat, why don't you guys role-play this scenario of trying to put it back in its cage? So, okay. paint me this picture, Dr. Adler. How how large is this thing? It is like a full-sized uh, van, like a white van, but stood up on okay, its okay. back. Okay, okay. Cool, cool, cool. He big. He's a big boy. Um, I, I, I want to I wanna think to Objectivus. Um, mm-hmm. If we can get this thing back in its pen, um, how do we turn the, the the container back on? Ask your friend. He's the one who disabled our systems. Oh. Uh. Drake, can you ask? Can you ask the little? Uh, can you ask the the purple purple one about um <laughs> why they turned off the containment units? You heard the tentacles. <laughs> All right, it's can- it's canonical that the solitaire is purple now. That's because I used a purple picture of a, a cell on the roll 20 for listeners. Um, this creature, <laughs> whose name you have not asked yet, um, says, Secret! Team! Strike! Mission! Destroy! Illithids! Can we ask what the creature's name is? I thought I did at some point, but I may have not. Name! Courage! There you go. I find that hard to believe. <laughs> he wh- he whips you with his little flagella fiercely. So how do we turn it back on? Um, he he gestures towards uh, a bunch of uh, computer banks in this laboratory. Uh, I can try to run over to it and try to figure out the system in time to. I can bum rush the. Okay, I can bum rush the thing, but here's my concern. I'm holding this dude. 
And right now, this dude ain't going anywhere. Uh, I can create essentially, like I can mage hand him and carry him courage. Like I could just have an extra hand that's just holding him. All right. Paint me this picture of the scene. This is pretty cool. You guys have a plan coming together. Instead of just doing math at each other for 20 minutes, we're going to do a cool action montage. What happens? Okay, so I think I think the plan is that then I'll toss courage. You grab him. I bum rush the uh, frog hemoth, and you head for the computer. Yeah, uh, Doctor Adler will head towards the computer, try to figure out how to turn it on, and uh, hopefully figure that out by the time the creature's in the hole. All right, so drag strength contest me. I'll have disadvantage because I'm blind as the frog hemoth, but he is pretty strong. He's very big and he's got a lot of arms. Six. That did not go well. Seven. Uh, I was going to say, can I try and give um, Drag advantage by um, backing him up with a shotgun shot to this thing to try and take it off balance so that his strength has a bit more of a chance of, of pushing him? I was I was going to do a Bardic Inspiration. Do your Bardic Inspiration, then. Go ahead. All right. So that's a D6. So you, all you have to do is roll a two on a D6 to beat him. Oh, okay. Yeah, so you roll a d6, and for flavor, I pull out my electric sitar, and I just sing Mothman, 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 <laughs> Mothman. Where did you go, Mothman? I rolled a four. <laughs> All right, so Gr- Dreg and the frog hemoth clash, and he starts to overwhelm you with his four arms against your two, at which point... Sasha plays you an empowering bardic song and you get a second wind and you shove him back onto the cage platform. Dr. Adler, you run over to the computers. Uh, you using your mage hand to carry courage, the solitaire? Yes. All right, what do you do? So I'm going to go to the computers. I'm going to try to figure out what uh, I need to do. To, what I do like an intelligence check. I'm trying to basically use whatever innate knowledge i have of computers Mm -hmm. to try to figure out like i'm hoping it's like a video game where like you enter into this console (laughs) and there's like two commands like activate laser grid and exit terminal (laughs) like a fallout game why don't you roll arcana arcana is like uh, usually magic knowledge but any sufficiently uh, (laughs) advanced any sufficiently advanced technology is uh indistinguishable from magic i rolled a 19 for arcana Nice. All right, with a 19, you you see that the system wasn't turned off here. It appears that the strike team, the two humans, the elf and the solitaire, uh, went in at the front desk that you guys came in when you came down and hacked in there and just shut all the power off, which is why the the corridor was in creepy, drippy horror movie mode when you guys fought the intellect devourers because this whole thing got kind of shut down all at once and all the creatures went berserk. Um, you turn, you see Dreg push the frog hemoth onto the platform. Um, but if you turn it on now, you're going to cut some of the tentacles off of this thing. If you do it right now, if not, he's going to have to push him back a little bit more for it to be clean. Uh, I'll hold off and wait for a clean shot unless, uh, uh, it looks like it'll break away. Courage, the solitaire says, shell inside. Uh, inside where? You know where. Uh, we have to, we have to, do we have to rip this? Please. <laughs> Press the button. <laughs> so the request I'm given mm-hmm. is to murder this frog hemoth to get back. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Who said anything about murder? I ass- We said lose some tentacles. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know what? I got to be honest with you. If we're going to get its shell, 
we're going to have to kill well, that's him. what i mean like if we're getting this thing shell back we have to like open yeah this no thing. we're not turn the switch on that wasn't the deal the deal was to get this guy out of here and we made an arrangement with this other asshole to contain it we're containing he can't just make another shell can he like is it that hard um so what you know about solitaire culture is that there is no monolithic importance of the shell. It's just like in human culture, right? It's hard to say like, oh, here's what humans like. Here's what humans value, right? Because there's so many different- Pizza. Pizza, yeah, <laughs> an exception. Um, but the shell is an important part of solitaire culture. The importance depends on the civilization. For some, it's a work of art that they work on throughout their whole lives. For some, it's spiritual, something like a, you know, like a totem. Uh, for some, it's like part of their politics, whoever has the most impressive shell as leader, something like that. But for all of them, it's like the most important thing in their lives. Um, they're named the solitaire because they're much like hermit crabs, which are hermit is obviously a synonym for solitary. And they kind of their whole lives revolve around their personal shells. And that sounds like a personal problem. <laughs> Drake, are you really turning down the opportunity to beat up a very big thing? Um, Courage says nausea. So if we make it sick, <gasps> we can maybe make it vomit up your shell. Oh, yes. Okay. Uh, Kick it in the tummy. Do I know of any ways medically to, like, make this thing nauseous? Medicine, check. Medicine, check. Alright. Oh, I crit fail. Are we planning on doing any fighting? Or are we planning to make this thing throw up and run away? Because if we're not gonna fight anything- We're planning to make this thing throw up and run away. If we're not planning to fight anything else before the end of this mission, I can re-roll your medicine if needed. Here's here's the thing that I, I mean, Dreg's not going to back down from meeting the Illithids requirement. Like, all of these things have to go back into their cages now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we have a, anybody else want to roll medicine? We have, we have one more success and you guys pass. Because I rolled a 15. Yeah, I'll roll medicine also. 18. Ah, well, leave it, leave it to it then. You've got, you've got enough passes. All right, so the team passes, although we do have one botch. So here's what I'll say. Uh, you guys look at this frog hemoth, and you know it's been gorging itself since it was let out of its cage. It ate all of the other specimens in the large laboratory. It ate all of the staff. It ate part of one of the strike team who was who drove, who drove piloted the dragonfly here. It has been eating all day. Its tummy probably has an upset tummy. Yeah, its, it's tummy's not happy. Although we do have a botch. So I think it would be funny if you thought the best way to make it throw up with yeah. maybe to yeah I, i'll leave it to your imagination i think there should be a negative consequence but in, on the way to success is how i read this well i mean i was actually considering just casting command and telling it to vomit uh, <laughs> oh it, i don't know if it understand you <laughs> yeah that's my concern is that yeah. it would not so all right uh <clears throat> well i'm gonna look at its stomach dreg's gonna look at its stomach mm -hmm. and look at the group and look at the stomach <laughs> And sigh. <laughs> and it's gonna, he's going to wind up with right as far as he can and just plow every bit of force he can into the stomach of this thing, which is probably going to knock it the rest of the way into the, the pit, too, which, I mean, you know, two birds, one stone, I suppose. Well, let's see how many birds we get. 17. All right, that hits its AC. Um, so you sock it in the stomach, and it... Uh, wretches and stumbles backward and it begins heaving. Um, it is now in 
the center of its cage, uh, Dr. Adler could flip it and trap it in here, or you could wait for this situation to develop as it's retching on the platform. Uh, well, I'm planning to take a step back. <laughs> mm-hmm. Ideal. <laughs> Dr. Melbeck is going to get close to it. and When did you become a and- doctor? <laughs> I'm, I'm we started late because of you, Chris. Um, right. Uh, Captain Melbeck is gonna try and aim the shotgun at this thing's mouth and go, if you're still hungry, see how this treats your upset stomach, and fires a shotgun blast into its mouth. <laughs> oh, God. Eight. That was uh, not quite a botch, but uh, eight? No, that does not hit. In fact, you, you fire your shotgun and it retches downward and you're, you're... What comes out of a shotgun? It's like pellets, right? Uh, yeah, pellets. Shot. Shot, yeah. Buckshot? The, your buckshot hits the top of its head, which is a tough leathery hide and it does not penetrate. But it, it, it kind of falls down, not on all fours because it has a lot of tentacles, so on all sixes, and it's just retching repeatedly like a cat with a hairball. It needs a little bit of help. Um. Okay, I'm going to cast... I'm going to say stand back, y'all. And I'm going to cast Thunder Wave. Mm. Constitution saving throw. Uh, let's double check. Yes. Uh, seven. I fail. So I still have my sitar out. Uh, I'm just going to keep I guess, singing about Mothman, as, as one does. And the goal here is to, first of all, make him, his head hurt and then wiggle him a bunch with thunder to further agitate his tummy and also push him far back into the cell because it pushes you 10 feet. So thunder wave is thunder damage, which it's, so it's concussive, like yes. a, f- a sound wave. Where are you hitting him? Because you're trying to get him to throw up. Right in the tummy. All right, so there's a thunderclap. Boom! That's 12 damage. And the wave slams into his stomach and he voms. This is such a joyful, pleasant, <laughs> yeah, good first mission. And he voms up a shell. You guys have seen these before because the solitaire are the primary species in Markov. You've all known them. You're friends with them. You know, this is an established thing for your characters. So you're not surprised when it comes out and slides across the floor in a bunch of disgusting, froggy, bloody soup and slides across the floor and out of the cage by Dreg's feet. And this frog hemoth is not happy. He's on the bottom of the cage and he's trying to stand back up. Did it button? Did it vomit out the thing? Yes. Okay, then yeah, I'll hit the button. Uh huh. You push the button and the cage. Did it swoop? It it swoops. It, it energizes. There's a huge ribbons of uh, electrical magic that shoot up from all four sides, uh, floor to ceiling, locking it inside. Um, you guys did not kill this creature. You did not even mutilate it, as we almost did. Uh, it is back inside of its confines. And on the ground by Dreg's feet is the shell, which I will now describe to you, because this is what Courage looks like in his day-to-day. It looks like a samurai dog with three heads? And one of those heads is a tiger? Uh, So the solitaire um, do not have any particular shell. Just like a hermit crab will use anything from like a nautilus shell to a conch to, you know, some trash it found in the ocean or something you made out of plastic. Uh, the solitaire have each shell tailored to their lives. And so this shell that comes out is humanoid, two legs, two arms, b- body, bipedal. 
but its head has three faces. It doesn't have three heads. It has one head with three faces. And each of the faces are canine. Not accurate, but more like someone had a dog described to them. And they said, oh, that sounds beautiful. And they try to do their best with that. Um, so it is an almost impressionistic view of what a dog would look like. And it is Courage's interpretation of earth life he found beautiful. If you've ever seen like medieval uh, paintings of cats, <laughs> <laughs> where you're like, oh, this dude never saw a cat. Uh, it's something like that. So the, there's, the faces are off. But there's three, one's facing forward, one's facing like a 45 degree angle left and one 45 degree angle right. Um, besides that, uh, this creature has a kind of malformed to- torso. It's like because he's a prokaryotic cell, so he doesn't really have a great idea of what like a human torso would look like. But it's human-esque. It is very strange to you guys, but it is about the size of a human. Um, and it is made out of a very technologically advanced uh, graphene polymer. Uh, you guys all know in in character and maybe out of character, graphene is the toughest material known. It is a kind of carbon that we can only make in very small quantities right now in 2018. Um, in Markov, it is the main financial, it's the main resource of Gloria and the Solitaire. It's the thing that makes them worth protecting with adventuring parties to Earth. Ah. Hmm. Mm. so this this the shell in addition to being a very important personal artifact and a protective it's almost like a he drives it right like he'll crawl inside of it and kind of walk around with it like it's his body um like a mecca yeah it's his own personal little gundam and it's also basically bulletproof it's extremely powerful if you don't know what graphene is i, I would look into it it's it's a, almost like miraculous uh science fiction substance that just happens to be real so that's what happens. And Courage sees it and starts flipping out. Drake picks it up mm-hmm. and throws it over his left forearm like a piece of an article of clothing mm-hmm. and starts walking out of the room. And I'm ignoring that. <laughs> it's ignoring that asshole altogether. Shell, shell. I want to try to bring uh, Courage over to the, to the shell. Mm, he gets it later. Maybe. I mean, wouldn't it be better to have somebody who could potentially protect himself as to something that we need to protect? And why were you here? Courage says, secret, mission, destroy, illithids. Why? He does not get this now. I made deal. I have, I have some suspicions of what's going on here. Let me just try and wrap up where I think we're at. I believe Objectivus, pretty sure he's an illithid. Pretty sure we made an agreement to put these things away, put all these, these subjects away, which I think we've done now. And in exchange, the illithid would not eat our brains. That's done. We agreed to res- to come and rescue the person who did this uh, this this beacon on the planet. We've done that. Are we good with everyone to just leave? Are we good with both Objectivus and with Courage here? Are you all good if we just leave? I think there's a rather telling moral question here left to sort of address. Yes, is the question whether we go kill Objectivus? Is that the question? It goes a bit beyond whether or not to kill him. It goes to whether or not his research 
has the merit to survive or not. It sounds like a good idea. It is, although it's a bit complicated. It could potentially find a way to form a renewable resource for a species that only eats brains, but that species that only eats brains has also been known to be very aggressive and invadery and conquery like they try to do with earth <laughs> and potentially is maybe trying to do with this system which is why a solitaire was sent on a secret strike team mission to kill him yes please fish help <sighs> okay i've got a question for you courage if we were, I'm just saying hypothetically, if we were to go and kill the Illithid here, who we've made no agreement not to kill, <laughs> with, would we be, let's say, hypothetically liable to collect the reward that you would have been due to collect for killing this Illithid? No reward. Government. Mission. Heroes. Save Markov. What do you think, everyone? Where are you? Where are you landing on all this? I think it's a little uncool to assume he's evil just because he's an illithid. I think he failed his mission. <laughs> Scientifically speaking, mm -hmm. I think there's a merit to continuing this research under proper sort of regulations. Uh, Courage busts in because he hears you guys talking about saving the research and he says dangerous well, I, can see, I can certainly see look I've been thinking about this a little bit while we've been in here there is one hypothetical dangerous situation which is if we leave this research going and it's successful we could hypothetically have a situation where we have an army of illithids against us who have enough of a of a, a resource farming situation that they can become far more powerful than they were the last time we fought them. That If they're not limited by having to get brains from us, that might hypothetically be a problem. I don't know. Is that how illithids work? Yes, th that is the moral quandary of this arc, mm. that you guys have discovered it. This is, this is the choice. Do you ally with objectivists and save the illithids by... Help helping him complete this research and so that they have a renewable uh, nutrition source, but you risk the illithids becoming dangerous again. You also damage your reputation with the solitaire. Or do you ally with courage, destroy all this research, prevent the illithids from being dangerous, uh, become heroes in the eyes of the solitaire, but damage your reputation with the remaining illithids who basically will see you as war criminals? We do have a third option. Yeah. The one Drake has been recommending this entire time, which is we've got this asshole. We came and got what we came for. We've got to finish up whatever. We don't have to fix it for him. We don't have to save him, solve his own problem. We put the things back in the cages. Yeah, we saved him. That doesn't mean we have to kill somebody. I would argue that walking away from the Illithid is not stopping the Illithid's research and is as such. It's not stopping them from sending another strike team to come and solve this problem the way it should be solved. This is not our issue. Um. So if you guys just try to leave, Courage will fight you to the death. He says that. He's like, Ugh. no, leave. And he he has a mission to complete. He's going to stay and fight Objectivist to the death. 
This is he also also remember that he blames objectivists for killing his three party members. So can objectivists hear us in this entire conversation? Because yes, can... absolutely. I mean, it's simple. We put the things back in the cages and then leave. You know, if if he wants his shell and he wants to fight him to death, that's fine. We rescued him. It's between them. I would like to request to speak, like to see objectivists yeah. and speak with him. And not bring, like, have maybe half the party stay with courage, and then the other half. I don't really necessarily want to split the party, but it's like, I feel like if we bring courage in, then it's just a bloodbath immediately. Oh, yeah. But I want to talk to objectivists. Can we send the half of the party that have um, Zone of Truth to go talk to objectivists? I do that. (laughs) Yeah, I I think that we should, uh, I think whoever goes with objectivists should take the shell. Or... Consider maybe we don't put uh courage in his shell so that he's still just like a little wiggly guy, <laughs> and then we all meet in the same place as a parlay. Right. I think we finally come to a bit of a discussion point. Sorry about all this objectivist. Um, look, you don't want to get murdered by us. Let's talk about this. Let's have a conversation. Come down here where we can get you in a zone of truth and we can get an honest answer out of you, and let's talk this whole thing through. I don't know if there will be enough time. What do you mean, not enough time? Well, all right, I have to be honest. Ugh. I told a bit of a fib earlier. Yeah? It was me who sent the distress beacon. Why? It wasn't for you. Who was it for? It's fucking elephants. Back up. <laughs> Oh, okay. So you were intending to kill us, were you? Right. No, uh, I didn't. I didn't even know about you. <sighs> we picked up on his distress signal unintentionally. Yeah. And we got here before the Illithid's backup could come. Yes, and Courage says, no signal, secret mission. Oh. Of course. What's, yeah, let's lay it out, out again. Uh, Courage wants you guys to destroy this illithid installation to keep them from becoming um, not dependent on brains and becoming a power again. Objectivist wants you to help him finish this research by putting the aliens back in their cages so this stuff can be finished. Um, And now you have a new factor, which is illithids are coming. Um, This is what you guys get for making this a priority, is that there's a much longer clock on that. Okay. If you had gone here second... This is the part where they kick in the door. Um, Objectivus, get the heck down here now so we can get you in a zone of truth and find out what your bloody intentions are for this technology. Whether, because here's the thing. If it's honestly just going to be used so that you can like legitimately not eat us, then that's great. If that's not your intention, that's a problem. We'd like to get you down here before we, you know, have to make a decision not based on your intentions. I see no other path, but alas, I cannot join you. Why? I am not ambulatory. Where are you? What are you? North. Can you stop being so vague? I am in a facility to the north. Okay, that's better. You're not even here. He's not here. No, I am the conduit of communication. Oh. I do not need to be local. 
Actually, good point. Courage, what are you the conduit of? Rhetorical? <laughs> what? He's the conduit of courage. Oh. Culture. Oh. Named. After. Oh. Oh. <laughs> okay. Well, that's good to know ahead of time so that we don't get in there. He's like, I'm the conduit of explosions, bitches! <laughs> yeah, I'm assuming the situation is that this entire species, the individuals are named after their conduit powers. Uh, it's the culture he is from, yeah. Not not all solitaire, but yeah, whatever country okay, he's yeah. from. Okay. Okay. Um, so yeah, Objectivist says, let's do, let's do this. If you guys want to meet before the Illithid backup arrives, leave the facility and travel north to the, the building he's at. If we've got time, I think, I think we make that move. We go and try and have a conversation with Zone of Truth and at least get an answer of, is the intent for this technology to build up an army to start a war, or is the intention to legitimately create a civilization where you do not where we do not need to fear you eating our brains. But now, then you think, even if Objectivist himself doesn't intend for it to be used for bad things, it doesn't mean it won't get taken and used for bad things. So it's like, uh-oh. Uh, Dreg's going to ask uh, Objectivist if uh, all the specimens are back in their cages. No, there's the entire soul wing and the medium laboratory. We got to do that first. Oh. Do we? <laughs> I mean, Objectivist says, look, the, if you guys won't finish, you guys took too long. You won't finish before the Illithids get here and kill you. If you guys want to have this this summit, you need to get over there now. Okay. All right. Yeah, I, I think we get over and have a ca- captain's, captain's executive decision. We're going to go and have that summit. All right. Onward. Do we have a backup plan in case things go south that we don't have to run all the way back? south then to get back to our ship in case the illithids show up and some of them show up to where Objectivus is as opposed to where the, the lab is? If we're not that far from the ship, could we maybe just take the ship north? Yep. Ta- we get the ship and take the ship north. Alright, so you guys exit the laboratory, schlep back to the Snallygaster. Uh, why don't we get a vehicle proficiency from Captain Melbeck to go north and try to look for... Um, I guess what we're going to call Objectivist's facility. Uh, yep. The Objectorium. <laughs> yeah, I actually do like that, the Objectorium. Eleven. That's above average. And that's not great. So you're co- trying to fly low to look across the landscape because this planet is supposed to be uninhabited. There's not supposed to be anything here. And uh, so you're you're zooming, you're going north, slow across the metal landscape, uh, when all of a sudden your sensors start going bananas. Uh, Impact warning, impact warning, boom! And you clip the building, which was invisibly cloaked. Ow! Would have been useful information. (laughs) Um, so why don't you make a dexterity saving throw to get the ship under control, Captain Melbeck? Dexterity... Oh, ah, I'm really dexterous. I'm a good dancing hippo. Mm Mm-hmm. 21 for dexterity. (laughs) Oh, God, perfect. All right, so you pull up on the till, you straighten out, and you bring the Snallygaster to a uh, very safe landing, uh, you know, a good distance from the facility that you clipped with the side of the Snallygaster. Um, when you do that, uh, Courage, who I assume you brought with you, I think yeah. Dr. Yeah. Adler still has the actual creature and Dreg has his shell. Um, Courage starts saying, Shell? 
Oh, Shell. Uh, I will try to alleviate courage by saying that precautions are very important right now to protect everybody involved in this situation. And that if things go well, we will ensure you'll get your shell in due time. Understood. Aw, he's such a good boy. <laughs> Into the meeting we go. Can I actually, one sec, can I do an insight check on that? Oh. Mm-hmm. I feel it's important to make sure that I'm not getting duped by this guy. Uh, well, the crit fails, so I don't know. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> I think I botched three times this episode. Yeah, so Dr. Adler, you look deep into this uh, squirming prokaryote, and you fall in love. <laughs> Aww. See, you've botched a bunch of times, Chris, but none of them have been as important as your brain might get eaten, so I'm just going to leave you botching. That's fair. Um, <laughs> Courage uh, puts a flagella against the side of your face and strokes it tenderly. Um, I do the same? <laughs> this is the first season where Laura and Lauren are going to be the first ones to get laid right I've never seen such a beautiful shade of purple before your dongle is so beautiful so meeting <laughs> summit time uh, so you guys exit the Snallygaster, walk across this blasted metal hellscape up to this invisible building, which shimmers a little bit when you focus on it. Um, the sun plays off it in just such a way. This is the same effect that was on the door in the ground that you guys went down into the, uh, the you know, the test facility. Uh, but now you know to look for it. So you can, you kind of like feel across the front of it and you find a door and you open that door. And this is not a huge building but it is very tall and you can see as soon as you walk in that there are all kinds of uh, cords and tubes. Um, oh God, I said tube. That That's Lauren's fucking activation phrase. Um, there's all kinds of wire. Yeah. Yeah. Wires and uh, catwalks and scaffolding. Like there's a lot going on in here and it's all leading you down this corridor. Um, this, this place is very busy with stuff and you see that it's leading up to a door, which is clearly, where Objectivist is. Alright, let's go inside. Let's go. Yeah. You open the door, and you see a room which is nearly all one giant tank. Yeah, I was gonna say, is this an elder brain? He's yeah. a big old brain. That explains the not being able to move thing. You guys have probably been to the aquarium where like a wall is glass and on the other side there's like dolphins and manatees and stuff. Yeah. It's like that, but with brain. Yeah. Yeah, there's just a big brain uh, floating in like viscous uh, off green goo. And this is where all the tubes and wires and so forth goes to. And it's maintaining this vat of stuff that feeds the elder brain. And this elder brain is bobbing in the goo and it has these um, kind of almost like tentacles. They're like dendritic growths, but they can like slap you if you <laughs> if you get too close. Um, he is fully behind this glass wall though. So there's not gonna be any slapping yet. And this brain does not look at you because it doesn't have eyes, but it definitely seems to register you psychically as you enter the room. Um, right, before we do anything else, Sasha, um, can you do the, the biggest... Um... Biggest possible zone of truth you can do. It's a 50, 15 foot radius, radius, yeah. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, he'll you you would know if he tried to dispute it, which is not in the yeah um, spirit of negotiation. So you walk in and you play your. Why don't you describe it for me? Because I feel like there's still some ambiguity about the way you do your your thing. So I have like a little like kind of like a little smartwatch communicator Star Trek bullshit thing, and I push different buttons on it and it does different things. And one of the things it does is like a, I guess it would be is hard light the word. Mm-hmm. And it's a sitar, which is like a long-necked guitar thingy, my bob. It's really twangy. It's like, uh, it's used a lot in like Indian music and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it sounds cool. And so you twang it and magic uh, radiates off of you and fills this, uh, at least the, the part of the room you walk up to the tank in. So it touches the brain and it touches courage and all of you. And y'all can't lie. And I guess it's negotiations time, huh? Right. Okay, so I've I've got a couple of starting questions for you, uh, Objectivus. Um, first of all, are you the primary elder brain in this whole uh, Markov system? Can we perhaps start with a different question? Yeah, I want to know how much control you have in this system. How how far up the food chain of uh, of elder brains are we talking with you? Are you are you are you the primary elder brain for the Markov system? The Illithids were pushed out at the end of the last war. That's not an answer to my question, is it? There are no formal structures left. I have no real power. Right, okay. Next question I've I've got for you. Let's say let's say this you got your research done and you were able to uh able able to feed Illithids without uh having to, to without needing to prey on, on sapient species. What's your end goal with that? What is your end goal of having cattle? Okay, let me be clearer. Are you doing? Uh, would your intention be for your species to just go about living their everyday lives, eating this new food source, without going after sapient life, or would it be ah? Now we have a stronger food source. Now we can go after sapient life more effectively. Do. Should we, as, as sapient life in the galaxy, should we be worried about you having this food source? There is disagreement in Illithid culture. Some want to conquer, some want to integrate, some want to isolate. What is your intentions for your species? Yes, but the difference is, is our species doesn't have the ability to control other members of the species by being a literal elder brain. You, you have the ability to telepathically control other members of your species that bring you brains. I think it's a slightly different situation. And you have the ability to control weaker species with gunpowder. You're well aware that is not the same thing as literal mind control. Do you intend for your research to be used to subjugate other races in the Markov system? Not my decision. Would you attempt to stop somebody who was doing that? I haven't thought of that. Well, you should. Now's a good time to think of that. <clears throat> How about this? Save my research, and I will join your crew. Oh. Oh. Objectivist, what do you feel about the idea of your research being continued by someone not aligned with the Illithids? It does not matter to me, but 
this would be controversial in our society. Is this study, is this experiment, is this research like public knowledge in Illithid culture? Does everyone know that this is happening or is this just a governmental kind of knowledge? We have tried it many times. It is known that it is a goal, not this particular installation. Um, at this point, you're holding courage, Dr. Adler. And he says, courage, join to navigator. What if you both join? Never. <laughs> Objectivists kill friends. To be fair, you did try to kill Objectivists. <laughs> Accurate. <laughs> he, he killed your friends, but you did go and try and kill him first. And I don't think Objectivist did it on purpose. It's you turned the power off so the experiments got out, and then the experiments killed your friends. You have been exploited. By who? Whoever give orders. You do not need them. Solitaire. Government. Solitaire. Alone. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. Abandon? Join. Hmm. Both of y'all. It, it sounds like you guys want to make persuasion checks. Oh, we can make some persuasion checks up in here. Yes. Oh, the, the idea of starting an alliance today. Ooh. You have got to be kidding me. I fucking botched that. Oh, no. Oh, my God. It's a seven with a botch. Can we see what the other rolls are? And maybe I'll re-roll you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> depending on where we are. I got an 11. I, I, we, we're coming up to the end of this mission, I think, aren't we? I thought this was going to be kind of a, you pick one side and there's kind of a long fight between them and then you defeat one of them and the victor joins your party as like a helper, but <laughs> sometimes it do be like I, this. I'm having a thought here. So I got a 19. <laughs> oh! Chris, are you going to roll on this persuasion? Uh, no, uh, I'm not because Olivia actually feels a little bit differently on this topic. Okay. But I'm letting you guys do your thing. I'm gonna take a shot, which brings me up to six, mm -hmm. so I get my next exhaustion punishment. Dreg, re-roll your persuasion. <laughs> oh my god! Another shot, re-roll your persuasion! God, that's another botch! <laughs> How Dreg, re-roll... Dreg, I'm going up to seven drinks, re-roll your persuasion. Now, now, now you just want to know if I can get the hat trick. <laughs> Uh, 17. 17! Okay, we've now got 11, 19, 17 on Persuasion. Is that enough, Austin? Uh, that is enough to get this ball rolling. You don't win automatically, but this, the DC was 15, and we have a 19 and a 17. Okay. So, also, just, they're just, willing to consider just this. Just to fill everyone in, I now have disadvantage on attack rolls and saving throws. I'm hoping we're near the end of this mission. Yeah, that would be good. Ooh. Yeah, this is that good conduit of spirit stuff I was hoping for, where you put it all on the line to win the mission. Yeah, let's, let's, let's go for this. So... Yes. What, what do you, what do you, what do you think of the idea? The idea of you both coming along and maybe this could be the beginning of actually getting some some communication between your two sides rather than this being an all or nothing situation. Um, Objectivist says, perhaps we can work together. Leave the research for the backups. Ah. Why not? be pioneers on this new strive towards peace. <laughs> like the first ones. Everyone will be like, whoa, they did it first. Um, Cur Courage says, government won't 
approve. Government never approve of anything that's interesting or fun. <laughs> I should know. I most of the, the the interesting experiences I've had in my life are all things that I've had to keep hush hush from the government. Uh, um, you know, back 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 in my back in my day, you weren't even weren't even allowed to smooch most of the interesting species around the galaxy. You know, governments are rarely rarely interesting or forward thinking. Doctor Adler. Thoughts? You seem troubled. So, Objectivist, what would happen to you if your backup arrived and the research was gone? We take research with us. They would assume I was dead. (laughs) We can finish research. Well, here's what I'm suggesting. Rather than turn courage into, a like, essentially a war criminal, I guess from the perspective of his species... Mm-hmm. What if we mm-hmm. got the research, and if our interest is in creating peace between the two species, we provide the research in sort of like a neutral, uh, soul system assisted way to the solitaire for them to perfect, hopefully, or finish this research and use that as an extent- extensive sort of olive branch to the illithids? Oh, I like this. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. This is some three-dimensional chess. I think what this means is the mission isn't over. You guys now need to go to Gloria and talk to the solitaire government to convince them that this is a good thing. Mm-hmm. I, I think this is a good idea. Also, like, I can still re-roll, like, four more times without <laughs> passing out. So, you know. Oh, my God. <laughs> She's gonna have to drive drive the ship drunk into port. Oh my god, this is exquisite. Um, so hearing that, Courage says, "Shell, shell." I think. I think if I I, I I don't know about the rest of you. I think we might be at the point where we can maybe trust this guy back with the shell. Mm. Uh, I would wait until we get on the ship and we're headed. As much as I love him, mm-hmm. uh, and I deeply do. You guys don't know that yet. Uh, (laughs) I would suggest that we not do anything that could potentially, like, ignite this situation while it's at this kind of relative peace. If that's what we're going to do, once he gets on the ship, go for it. Your shell is safe with me as you were. Here's here's what I'm just going to say is, I think if we're going going to try and convince the government that that this is a good idea. I think showing respect, uh, you know, of, of the whole shell culture thing is probably a good place to start. That is fair. When shells fight, is it all, like, swords and shit, or do they do other stuff? I would say you're you're familiar with um, solitaire weaponry. Uh, because their planet is so high in graphene, they usually use um, graphene um, spears, uh, which are, like, the unbreakable... Um, you know, can go through any uh, defensive material, and they're superconductors. They can shoot lightning. Basically, they're they're extremely deadly. Okay. Uh, and their shells are like basically virtually indestructible. So they they are. That's the thing. Out of shell, they are the weakest, most pathetic. They're basically toddlers. Uh, inside, uh, they are a potential final boss to this arc, where all four of you had to fight courage if you sided with Objectivus. So if I could just offer then. If he does decide, he's like, fuck this alliance, he throws a spear. I could potentially conduit of prevention it because it's it's of a high enough technology to sort of be magic. 
Uh, if he was, if he used like he would be using the spell lightning bolt. Yes, you could counterspell that. Correct. Okay. With, are we still under? Uh, can we still be under yeah. that uh, zone of truth? We are still under zone of okay. truth. Okay. In that case, the only question I want to ask Courage is, if if we give you this uh, your your shell back, are you uh, are are you going to you know let us do this and to not not just turn t- turn heel and kill this thing? Yes, I'm. I don't know about the rest of you. I'm. I'm all for giving him the shell back now. I think it's a good. Is it's, it's a goodwill gesture that's probably going to pay dividends when we try and try and try and make this decision happen. Yeah, uh, I trust Kira. She's cute and intelligent. Mm. I trust Zona Truth. Drag. Objectivus. As a gesture of goodwill, I will also. Reveal something in this moment. Maybe we'll put us at ease. Um, at which point the tank with the giant brain in it begins flickering. Uh, because it's not a tank. It's a hologram. It's a video screen. <laughs> uh, and it flickers out and you guys see an empty tank uh, with like crusted old goo where the brain used to be. And you hear a voice say, uh, the hatch down here. Uh, look in the hatch. Yeah. There is a fish bowl with a little tadpole inside. Oh my god. He's a baby! He weren't no elder brain at all. I am still fearsome. Tremble before my psychic might. Aww. Correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't he explicitly say he was an elder brain? No, that's what you started this conversation saying, are you the most powerful elder brain in the system? And he did everything to not confirm yeah. that because I couldn't lie. Yeah. So he just kept deflecting. Well played, Austin. <laughs> and when you first contacted him in the second episode, he, he said, I don't have any limbs. And you said, oh, you're a worm. And I was like, fuck, does she know? <laughs> uh, I... I, I was, uh, you, you got me. I almost had Justin and you threw me. Yeah, it was definitely, you were supposed to think he was an elder brain, but no, he is a tadpole, which is the first yeah. form of Illithid. Uh, elder brain is the last, he's, and obviously he's, he's a little worm. He's a little worm. Yeah, and the squid faces are in the middle. So yeah, he's kind of just a thumb-sized. He's a little bean. <laughs> yeah, Um. so he's like, all right, we have made an alliance. Take me to your ship. I want to carry him. Uh, did we give, did we give courage to shell? Yeah, I'll, I'm ready to do it. Yeah, let's, let's do it. We're, we're giving him the shell. All right, you put, uh, this blobby guy, uh, up, up to his shell and the mouth of the fr- the front facing dog head opens up and he kind of slithers inside and there's like a couple awkward moments as he's squirming around in there. And then suddenly the shell comes to life as if it was always this shape, as if this is the naturally uh, naturally occurring occurring form of the solitaire, just a three faced, a uh, three dog faced humanoid. That's just how they are. Uh, it is startlingly lifelike. Um, their entire culture has revolved around this technology in the same way that humans think about like clothes, for example. Um, and part of his desperation was that he just felt extremely exposed and naked yeah this entire time like he was basically just like spread eagled nude in front of you all <laughs> it was it was awful for him um hot but yeah he turns and looks at you with his three faces and he says hello hello it's good to good to finally have this uh, this bit of tension dealt with how are you doing i'm gonna be blushing with like one foot like you know twisting on the floor <laughs> like hey 
I must I must say, it's quite a fetching, quite a quite a fetching set of faces you've got there. Solitaire only speak in so here's the thing. Solitaire speak through electrical impulses which convey meaning. They don't have language. They don't use words. So literally I think I said like Dr. Adler gets uh touched by lightning happened earlier and that's how it communicates you're kind of getting these micro shocks of meaning so it only communicates one word at a time because it's just giving you the this the you know denotation of each individual word Mm. um so that's the way they talk so (laughs) that's the thing about them um so he um yeah also they don't have gender or sex but they understand it it's been explained to them and depending on the solitaire civilizations they have different opinions uh, some solitaire think gender and sex is weird and they don't care about it and they don't use it. Some think it's awesome and they have a bunch of their own genders they made up because I think it's really cool. And some of them just adopted the human system and, you know, there's all kinds of expression. In the same way, humans obviously have used that concept. But courage does take he, him pronouns because that is how he chooses to express himself. But not but not all solitaire will. Yeah. Right. Uh... I'm going to pick up objectivists. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I guess we grab all the things we're grabbing from this planet and go off to try and form an alliance. Um, so, as you guys uh, trudge across the <laughs> surface of Fairmont in your radiation suits up to the Snallygaster, uh, this hateful, evil planet <laughs> you know, shrinking behind you as you board your ship, um, you uh, get to your places and you have two new crew members. Um, Courage tells you he's a navigator so he can help you uh, drive the ship, Captain. Ooh. And Objectivist is a communications officer so he can use his tele- you know, telepathy to talk to everybody. Uh, very helpful. Um, I, assu- I assume you guys get them set up at like stations or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, at which point your navigator says, Captain. Yes? Nautiloids? What? Courage points to the monitor and you see uh, there are multiple ships inbound on your position. Oh, are these the Illithid ships? We need to go. <laughs> Illithid. Nautiloid. Dangerous. Um, I'll be far enough out of the planet we can uh, teleport. Uh, no. In fact, you guys are basically still getting the ship ready to get up off the planet. Uh, Nautiloids are the Illithid ship, their iconic ship, which looks like the creature, the Nautilus which is, I, I assume everyone knows, you guys have all seen Nautilai, right? Yeah. I mean, I know of the Pokemon. <laughs> it's like the same thing. It's a, yeah, it's a spirally um, guy, and, and he's kind of, a, looks kind of like a squid, but he's in a shell, and it's it, this really good, it's, um what is it called? Omanite, yeah. right? Omanite's based on one. Um, so that's what their ships look like, and there are three of them inbound on your position, and you guys need to drive up off this planet, up through the atmosphere, and then out of the teleportation zone. Um, the part of space where you can teleport is called wild space. Okay. That is a spell jammer concept. So, so you guys need to hoof it to wild space to teleport before the, not before the illithids shoot you down. Captain. What? Do? <laughs> well, I'm going to start flying and I hope I'm not going to have to take too many more shots.
credits. <laughs> <laughs> How is that better than you got any uh, credits? I do have credits, Lauren. Thank you for asking. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, I have all the credits that you could possibly want for September 2018. Would you like to hear them? Uh, we do music first. There's actually a lot of music because we're crediting both the end of last season and the beginning of the new season all at once. So we have New Jack Mantle, an arrangement of The Mantle from Nights into Dreams uh, by Overclocked Remix. We have Linear Groove, an arrangement of A-Type and B-Type from Tetris, also by Overclocked Remix. We have Your Reality, Future Bass Remix from Doki Doki Literature Club by The Musical Ghost. We have Morning Thinker, an arrangement of Thinker from Armored Core 4 by Overclocked Remix. And The Sound of the Galaxy, an arrangement of Freedom's Progress from Mass Effect by Overclocked Remix. Wow, I'm impressed. You have heard a music? I have heard a single music. <laughs> Just one music. How was it? Musical. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> All right, do you want to uh, read the executive producers for September? Damn, I wanted to say the executive producers. Well, you didn't say it. The executive producers for September are... Joseph Tombrello. Extellaris. Random web person. <laughs> Griffin McElroy. <laughs> I don't think so. No, probably not. It's a good joke, though. Thank Do you. Do you think we did it, boys? I don't think so. Uh, Jesse Young. Devin Smith. Brent, the best lover I've never had. Goatly. The Cult of Gorfanax. Savard Nakrasimova. Paul Mullen. Toshikuro. Oh, gosh. My, my mouth did a thing. Mm-hmm. Toshiro Kuro, editor of Attack on Dice. Brendan Williams. <gasps> Possum Kingdom Refugee, take me to the Possum Kingdom. <laughs> Dr. Goatman. Andrew Grothen. Levy, the young conduit of not mad, just disappointed. I feel like that's you. Aw. Francois V. Kevin Dobbins. Robert Dakin. Anthony Sauvier. Morgan Rapp. Meow Mazelle. That's, that's very like a good. French cat. Meow Mazelle. Meow Mazelle. Yeah. Matthew Schultz. Melody the Gay Shark. Same. That's just a dice fun character. character. Right. Ian uh, Morgan. Rain, conduit of wetness herself. Uh-oh. Emo Git. Eventual Eden. Fubar. Brittany and Jermaine Walls. Ashley. No, just Ashley. Dirge Novak. Sam Stanowitz. S. Kearney. John Carey. <laughs> the former presidential candidate John Kerry. Uh, Joseph. Yeah. I just I just realized. What? I forgot he existed. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> Joseph Mavero, the unsexy arrow. That was That's fun a to great say. rhyme. Yeah, that was that was a blast. Thank you. Drew James. Michael Merdes. 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 Ebron, the boy that lived. Exos. Oh fight. A fight? Oh, you want to fight? I feel like that is etymologically linked to snakes somehow. Anyway. Oh. Transient passerby. Bye. Ink drop the chondra. Hashtag respect if you know what a chondra is. I don't know respect for me. Oh, maybe next time. Yeah. Press F to pay respects. Ah! Conduit of Q jumping itself. Oh, I'm so happy I get to read this one. Uh, Justin Berthiesel, conduit of oh itself <laughs> ross vita stay tuned for a wedding Ooh, some people are just gonna start announcing like engagements and like childbirths in our credits oh my gosh that's, that's a lot of uh responsibility 
Yeah, Bloody Roar needs pangolins. It does. Saritha Conduit of Puns. Julian Phillips. Lindsay Pankhurst. Jeff Clark. Lauren Cates. Counterfifth. Jack Clough. Richard G. Coles. Kiefer Lowe. E. Corin. Last Cruz. <laughs> Dr. Tao. Sean Lyonsberg. <laughs> Big Tube Boy. Conduit of getting dunked on. You. <laughs> Oops. Matthias Leckitz. Janiac. Form of candy flipping in a bouncy castle and giggling like a... And then it cuts off. They That's pretty good. Flew too, too close to the sun. <laughs> Harley Astor. Primordial Orc. Andrew Fallu, conduit of me- mediocrity itself, as always. Same. Puck. Uh, f- 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 butcher my name, <laughs> Nicolopolis. <laughs> okay. I'll leave the audience to decide how that was spelled. <laughs> Dice Funk Season 5, Funkzilla's Revenge. Oh, they've spoiled it now. Uh, Joaquin Gronig. Jerry, conduit of shipping, and apparently that also makes me a god. Uh-oh! Don't tell Lauren! Uh, Jasper Singh. John Barnett. Cucumber. Hustlebones. Killer Cotton Shizno. Nicholas Dominic. Isaac Aravalo. Yam! Anna Michael. Andrew Birmingham. Douglas Williamson. The Most Wise Guru. Z. 2361.9. Quench the Void. Vizzy, Huggles, Conduit of the Same River Twice. Jay Logan, Conduit of Queerness Itself. The cast of Dungeons the Gathering. Notorious Stoltz. Victoria Melito. Scotty Vilhard. Aline. Mazjin. Criterion. Einar Johansson. Carter Rayner. Major Tam. Matthew B. Hare. Jorgen, conduit of name butchering Winewick Ford. I read a Zondra Light novel in TF <laughs> into a patron. Transformed, I believe. Transformed. Okay. <laughs> they, tra- they they got it into the word count, so they did. I'm impressed, but confused. It's a reference to the way light novel titles are written. Oh, okay, sure. Razumi Yazura, Albert West, Ken Fursell, Eleanor Nonantesi's Periton, Scott Cummings, Starlight Glimmer did nothing wrong. Juman Jack, Meltish, Arjun de Koning, Grimlock, John Potts, Noah Sudret, Ziphasaurus. Elderly Goose. Salad Child. Seraph Stone. Caster UK. Elderly Goose. <laughs> you just no, went no. Back. <laughs> I, I got lost and I got really excited about the goose. <laughs> just jump back five to yell <laughs> at a goose. I just about a goose. Oh, God. Okay, so I'm at Aki Savalainen. Uh-huh. The Paladin's Wife. Florian H. Charm Wilkie, Conduit of Introversion itself. Is that you? Sometimes. Junk 2.0. The Hadsels. Melissa Nielsen. Dawn. Reynard, the conduit of being stoned. I will fight you on that one, Reynard. <laughs> Brit Holcomb. Artemis BJJ, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu in Bristol. Shyness. Dennis Pancake Detlifson. Miko from Finland. Dennis Bankson. Bankston. <laughs> Josh Mosier. Indigo Vandane. Allison the Purple. Sydney Marsing. Just a jester. Brady Warner. Kitty Foe. James Neely. Marissa Donaldson. M. Joe. Lana Seawolf. Toby Gleason Stack. Matthew Weber. How do you change your name to make it a joke? <laughs> Somebody tell him. <laughs> he did it, though. Oh, I guess so. That's a good joke. 
Cameron Abbott's. <laughs> All right, Dylan. Anna. Sean, the host of Funk Dunk Plays. Harrison Andrew. Christopher Charlow. Vega Arnston. Cody Jackson. August Rue. The Unitarian Universalist Congregation of Marietta, Georgia. Luke Powers. <laughs> I'm just imagining a whole ch- church listening to this and then they're bursting out in applause. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Hedron Master. Erwan Lilagadik. Michael Hall. Ingemar Grimon. We did it. You can say that. Well, <laughs> technically, sounds came out of our mouths. Yes, we did make sounds. Uh-huh. I love to make a sound. They're very good. I can't believe we just finished the season and now we're on a whole new season. It never stops. Life just comes at you. You know what they say? Time keeps on slipping. Slipping. (laughs) They say the days start coming and they don't stop coming. And I gotta tell you, it's very accurate. Oh, gosh. How fucking dope would it be, though, if Griffin McElroy was actually, like... You want a rematch, Griffin? I beat you in Bloodborne, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) I hope he is listening now. No, he's gonna be mad at me. Uh, People on our show. Mm, yeah, Twitters and stuff. We have people, and then you gotta follow their stuff. I'm Margalicious. I'm garbage. Sorry. Um, I mean, I'm at patreon.com slash austinyorski if you want to support me. Chris is at patreon.com slash recap. Laura is at kotaku.co.uk. Also, Laura K. Buzz everywhere. Chris is Rolo T on Twitter. Are you even listening? Are you writing this down? You have to take notes. Why am I even saying this? Yeah, what he said. Conrad, Conrad Zimmerman on Twitter, everywhere. Follow stuff, God. Sketch.bandcamp.sketch.com. Sketch.bandcamp.sketch.bandcamp. Dot com. Dot bandcamp. Slash. Bandcamp. Sketch. Slash sketch. He's going to murder us. <laughs> there needs to be a super cut of every time we've tried to say that URL on the various credits. Right. Um. Thanks to all the animals. Apparently there's some new cats joining background <gasps> conrad's cats we'll have to get him to talk, talk about his cats on air sometime we'll have to trip trick him into talking about his cats uh zelda's asleep very high up anna's probably foraging in the garbage smudge is uh laura's cat probably being really good because she's not a gorblin uh scotia uh chris's dog she borks sometimes uh there's a dog that lives across the street from austin that's a good dog dot sketch.com dot sketch.bandcamp Slash camp. Slash band. <laughs> dot band. <laughs> dot slash, sketch. Slash sketch. Dot com. Slash music. 